When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. End of the week. Thought we'd hit you up again, you know, because why not? This train never stops rolling. Just me and Murph today. Big man, how you doing? All good, mate. It's uh, it's nearly the weekend. Uh, Start to get into a bit of a habit with these Friday pods. It's nice. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, start the weekend right although i've been on weekend now for what feels like eight weeks so it's all gravy in my boat but you know if the people who still are at work like your good self you've got weekends to enjoy so let's start it right with another pod yeah i mean it's strange because i mean i'm quite disciplined with with work um so like i'm upstairs so it does feel like a weekend but at the same point it's uh no less stressful when you've got a, a near nine-month-old who's just starting to figure out how to crawl. He's not quite there yet, but within a week, maybe two weeks, he'll be there. I feel you. I feel you. Right, Murph, we better we get this under the way. We're, we are going to be talking about draft rankings for all 32 teams. But before we do that, you and I and one of our joint teams are on the clock in the League of Legends, and Jerry Judy is sitting right there. Did Cam Akers go then? Cam Akers went the pick before. Yeah, well, then just take Jerry Judy then. It's not really the biggest position of need we have, but... Best player available, right? 100%. Uh, we don't want it. We want him over Ruggs, correct? Oh, yeah. God, they're not even close. Okay, fine. Welcome to the team. Right then. 
so yeah we're talking about we had a few things we could talk about today decided to go with draft rankings how do we how are we going to do this are we doing it just for fantasy or just a general a general guide to every team's draft i think just a a general a general go over every team's um draft and how they how they did and we could just talk about some some highlights and and lowlights we can start either from well, we can go in whatever order you like, really. Um, not really. I just think it, I think it's good to digest, and we can pick out some fantasy pieces when we get onto to each team. I think if we spend, there's some teams we could spend quite a bit of time on. There's some teams that we won't spend any time on because there's, there's not really a lot to talk about from the fantasy perspective. So I think we just go through all the 32 teams. Um, we spend no more than two minutes on any one team, and we'll make some time up on on those that. We don't need to talk about uh, too much on their draft, other than a few short sentences. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down with that. You know what? We're like the Rush Nation. Once we get talking, this could turn into a two or three pod <laughs> series because, let's face it, we're chatterboxes and uh, we know you deserve it as well. So if we do start talking, there'll be more than one of these along the line. But we got you covered, all 32 teams. Where do you want to start, mate? You pick, or shall I start with the Minnesota Vikings? Good start. Um, do we do it by division? The list in front of me, I've just written the teams down as I came to my mind. So they're in absolute, well, then let's do that. They're in absolutely I like no it. Order, order whatsoever. I love that. Let's go let's go random order. Okay. So let's start with the Minnesota Vikings. How did you find their draft? Well, their draft was, was strong. Um, really liked what they did um, up front um, in terms of what they did early on. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think, is a, is a home run pick. Um, especially in that system, I think he's a, an excellent receiver. I'd have had him over Rager, um, which is a bit of a shock that the, the Eagles went there. That definitely shocked a few folks there as well. I'm a big fan of Gladney. I think Gladney's an absolute steal. I think I mocked him a couple of times to the Vikings in my mocks, and that made complete sense. Um I really that like the pick. cornerback. The, sorry, I'm jump in. If I like, really like the cornerback pairing, actually, Cameron Danzler as well. He's a good pick. Absolutely. Um, I think they they've done you know they've done really well. I, I I'd give them an A grade. I think they they did really well. Like Ezra Cleveland, I think he was a good pick. Um, what was interesting is I actually really like Brian Cole, out of the seventh round pick out of um, Mississippi State as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can make the team. And I think if you can get seventh rounders making teams, that's when you know you've had a, a really, really strong class. Um, I reckon for me, they're easily in the top three teams in terms of their draft. Um, there isn't, uh, there's only one team I've given a better grade than an A2. So um, very happy with them and their, their draft. I think overall they've, They've, they've done really well. Um, they should be really proud of, of what they did and addressed all the positions of need, spent good capital on them and didn't really overpay, didn't panic. They they got really good value for what they got for, for Stefan Diggs as well. Yeah, they managed to get 16 picks as well. So that was absolutely a ridiculous amount of picks to go into. Them. Yeah, I mean, and, and listen, some of those are, are going are to not make the team and some of those aren't going to be what they are. But when you're getting that many picks, you're giving yourself more opportunities. I think what, what they did is they kind of just put the ball down the middle of the fairway uh, for the most part. They really just picked a lot of solid, very good players. Didn't pick too many flashy guys. Didn't pick too many sort of um, risky guys either. Uh, maybe towards the middle of the draft, which is you would expect to go for, for upside and hope they hit. Um, I just like, like I said, Jefferson, Gladney were two players I mocked quite consistently to the Vikings. Those picks just made a lot of sense. And, and for them to do that, um, shows that they 
they fully understand the needs and they marry up with what we see as well as as people who are fans and analysts and and all these sorts of things so yeah good good, good draft for them 100 percent right who did you give a higher grade to let's go with your highest grade then uh, mine went to the ravens okay i got them next on my list <laughs> no <laughs> um, Ra- ravens were the only one that got an a plus grade for me um they were they were exceptional uh, for me one of the best drafts i can I can absolutely remember that you know absolutely smashed it. Patrick Queen, no brainer again, another player mocked thought that that was something that that made sense. Easily their biggest position of need, and to get a good player, LSU national champion out of there just made uh, complete sense. Dobbins, just completely legit player. It's not one I overly saw them investing in, but actually when you do it, it just makes makes sense. Um, Devin Duvernay, good wide receiver. I do think it was one of those that I I did like it. Like it, may, I, I think it's a really good pick. I think it was the only one for me that was perhaps um, slightly questionable. I actually prefer James Prochet personally, but then I think I'm a lot higher on him than I am um, than sort of consensus. I think James Prochet. It wouldn't shock me if if he ends up and he went the sixth round. It would not shock me if he ended up um, beating out Duvernay overall for that slot receiver spot at some point. Uh, plus, don't forget, you got Boykin last year. I think Boykin's going to mm. be on course for a good year. Um, they got two interior offensive linemen just to really shore up and really establish that run that's going to give Ingram and Dobbins and uh, Gus the Bus and uh, Justice Hill. I mean, they, they're, they're almost like San Francisco in terms of how stat they are at, at running back. So, Is, the, is um, that likely to continue as well? They're going to have all four of them on their roster? Yeah, all four should, should make the roster. I'd be surprised if, if they didn't. Um, the only one that, that could be, I guess, uh, any form of jeopardy would, would be Gus the Bus, but I, I don't think he will be. I think he's cheap enough to where you can afford to keep him. Um, it's good to have those. It's good to have a bit of depth there because they all do different things. Um, Gus the Bus is very much a, a north-south runner, just mm. a sort of penetration. Um, he's good to come in, in in situations where you're you're winning the game. It's quite comfortable, and he's just a good guy just to get your yards, not turn over the ball, and just to keep the chains moving, just to kill a bit of clock. Yep. Uh, Justice Hill, we, I don't think we've seen the best out of Justice Hill yet, but I think he's a, he's a very good player. And then you've got Dobbins and um, and Ingram, obviously. I think they'll be the two that you would see more than likely. But yeah, I, I don't have a problem having... Most teams have four running backs. They just happen to have four very good ones. Yeah, and that's never a problem in the NFL. <laughs> Absolutely not. Where do you want to go next? Um, well, who's next on your list? The Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, I think they had a really good draft. I think the fact Jerry Jones was drafting from his yacht gave them a higher grade than they should have had regardless because that was a good move but I found CD Lamb a little bit obviously best player available unreal that he dropped to them you surely you got to take best player available at that point in the first round not exactly somebody they needed but the fact they added Trevon Diggs and Reggie Robinson and you know Bradley and Nay as well I think I think they did really well considering they managed to get somebody they didn't need in the first round yeah, plus they got a, a center as well to replace Travis Frederick. So um, I think they did they did well. I really like uh, Neville Gall- uh, Gallimore. For me, I think he was a borderline first round talent. So to get him in round three, I think is a steal. Trayvon Diggs, uh, second round uh, quarterback, was their biggest position of need. I think for me again, I think they got a borderline. I think he was a um, he was a, a player that we mocked in or that was mocked by someone in our. I think Nick took him to the Eagles mm. uh, at 21. So I think that when it comes to to the Cowboys, I think that they're 
their logic made sense. Lamb at 17. It kind of it makes you head scratch on the surface of it. And then you actually understand that Cooper outside of after 2021, there's no guaranteed money. So they could cut or they could trade Amari Cooper um, after 2021 for, for very little to no penalty at all. Right. So it kind of makes sense to to think about progression. And then you got, you still got Gallup there. And you can decide what you want to do with Gallup. You, you got a lot. Of, I mean, I, I never mind taking uh, the best player available with someone like like someone like Lamb's quality. Like he shouldn't have been there at 17 ultimately. And I think it's a good pick. I can't really argue with the picks that went ahead. I don't think there was anyone there that I felt no one did a bad job, except for, for me, Atlanta. I, I, I don't understand why AJ Terrell was was taken. I don't understand why he was taken there. I don't even think he was the best corner available. Um, and I think they were the ones that, that made a mistake. But the picks before that, I couldn't really see any argument any other way. So... Um, I think Dallas had a great draft. I think probably one of their best drafts they've had in a while. Yeah. I still think they need a little something in that secondary. I don't think they quite fixed it, but given what they did, it, I think it was a good draft. Where are we going next? Let's talk about your Broncos. Oh, all right. Okay. Do you want me so to Why start? don't you tell me what you thought? Yeah, please. I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed the fact we got one of the big two receivers I would have, I, to be fair, three. I would have been happy with Rugs because of what he offered the team. You know, he wasn't in my top. He wasn't my top two. He was my third, uh, maybe even fourth. Actually, I think I had Justin Jefferson at three at the end. But I think the fact we didn't have to trade up, got Jerry Judy. I would have preferred Lamb, but then I think either one. The, the Broncos clearly had a plan in getting a field stretcher when they drafted KJ Hamler, and to me that showed that Cortland Sutton and Hamler. All right, they might play Hamler out the slot occasionally, but to me, that means Cortland Sutton is, is just going to be the outside guy now, use his size and strength. And then you add somebody to the slot, like Judy, could have been Lamb. And then they went and got the field stretcher in Hamler. It shows to me that they are going to use Judy predominantly out the slot, maybe outside when they swap him with Hamler. It also, I think it suggests that Hamler's going to be the second wide receiver possibly in two wide receiver sets, because then it opens up Cortland Sutton to use his size in the middle of the field underneath as well. So I'm not sure, as good as Judy is, I don't know whether he's going to get as much ball as he would have done had they not drafted Hamler. But again, you know, top wide receiver and, and going forward to have three of those guys who can all do different things. But Judy, as we saw at Alabama, can do anything anywhere on the field. So I think offensively, we did we when we took Albert O, I, I'm pleased because it gives us another weapon, but we've completely, completely gone away from the defense and we need it. All right, we've got a corner in uh, Michael Ojemudia. Lloyd Cushenbury, center, guard, wherever you're going to play him, that's a good pick as well. But then when we, we went and got Albert O, I think, I just think inside linebacker was a bit more need there. And I think there was a couple of guys we should have grabbed, but if you want to if you want to run a lot of play actions and you want to run two tight end sets where they can both be effective at the same time Albert O and Noah Fant and then a wide receiver it might look like a run play and then you've suddenly got three valid receivers because Noah Fant can block and I'm pretty sure you could teach Albert O to use a bit of his size to block adequately I mean there were some things in this that were really telling for me number one Vic Fangio clearly did not have a big part in this draft there's absolutely no way he's going wide receiver wide receiver 
uh, taking a tight end and offensive line. I mean, offensive line, I could probably buy into a bit more and not getting a corner early with one of those good corners available. I mean, effectively, you had the, the choice of corner at 15. I think it was fairly obvious you were going to go wide receiver. I think I've mocked every time that you've trade up. The fact you didn't, I think, was great. Um, I don't. I don't think it was obvious we were going to go wide receiver. I think they made it very clear that had one of the big three been there, they would have taken him. But then in in our second mock draft, uh, or I th- can't yeah. remember which one it was now. When I took C.J. Henderson, you know, I felt that because the receivers had gone, corner suddenly became a bigger need. And yeah, 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 but I mean, the way that the draft fell, I mean, it was, I mean, it was going to be. I, I still thought you might have traded up. I wouldn't be surprised if we heard in the coming days that Denver even made inquiries and then decided not to do it. Um, there were two things about this. So one was about Fangio clearly not having a lot of say. Actually, this, the other one's about Drew Lock. What they have done is they've basically said to Drew Lock, "This is your job." Now we have the comments from Fangio last year saying he didn't think Lock was developing all that much and he had a good stretch at the end of the season um he's played six games he's a second round pick um he was a player that is polarizing i've seen quite a bit there's a lot to him i like there's some bits i think he needs to clean up getting albert O is clearly it's his former tight end so you're getting the guy who he was most productive under to to come and play with him yeah. and that's something that is quite it's these little things that tell you that there's a lot of belief in Drew Locke. Now, what I will say is this, Dave, I almost think they have put too much investment into Drew Locke. And that seems like a strange statement that, oh my God, that you can't invest too much in your quarterback, but you, you can when you, you're not sure he's the guy. Because if Drew Locke, and I'm, this is a massive if, by the way, if Drew Locke does not pan out and you have to go quarterback in the next year or two, there's going to have to be a massive overhaul. Oh, it, some of these players that he drafted are not going to fit. And I think it's fine to go all in on the player, but I think it's also a gamble. I, I still gave him an A grade. Like, I still really like the draft. And I, I really think that they've got, outside of Kansas City, probably the most exciting offense you're, you're going to want to watch this year in the AFC. There is that that devil's advocate of... If Drew Locke has an absolute stinker this year, I have no idea what is going to happen. <laughs> I don't know who goes because people are going to have to go. They, they, they are. They're going to have to go. And you can't really blame Fangio because I don't think his fingerprints are on this draft. No, so either Fangio is going to have to carry the can for this or Elway's finally going to lose it. Like, I don't know. I, I really want it to work out, but I, there is a little bit of me there that's just a little bit unsure if this is all going to work out. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. I think Fangio wasn't sure in on Drew Luck, but I think Drew Luck, the the five games he was good in at the end of the season, maybe and in practice and stuff, maybe he did enough that Fangio thought, well, actually, this is something we can work with, and if it is something that we're going to work with and we like it, let's give him absolutely every opportunity. Because you are right, if if it absolutely implodes next season, we somehow find ourselves tanking for Trevor or something along those lines. What happens then? Surely somebody at some point has to say to John Elway, look, mate, this last two drafts in, on paper have been great, but the results haven't been there. So, sorry, but... And the other thing is, I, I don't like the fact you still haven't addressed uh, Mike Linebacker. It was a clear need in the last draft. There were two exceptional players. You traded down from the option of getting Devin Bush. And we've seen how good Devin Bush has been. Mm. But you traded down, you allowed the Steelers to take him. 
that allows you to get, you know, Drew Locke in the, in the second round with the extra pick. So you can't say it's a failure, but that is a position that was missed that would have been easily placed and repaired last year and was easily fixable this year with a second round pick that wasn't. So you have to sit there and think, if you don't, there is a way to beat the Broncos and it's just to run the ball down their throat. That That's how you beat the Broncos this year. Yeah. Teams with good running offences will beat you. That That's just because there isn't enough there to stop the run. But um I still think it was a great draft, but I do think that that was the area I would have changed if I if I if I had a sliding doors moment. Hundred percent. Let's move on to Lee's Dolphins. Uh, okay, I was going to say let's go Tampa, but if you want to go Dolphins, we can go Dolphins. Let's go Dolphins first because I'm on the screen. Um, go for it. I like their draft. A uh, lot of players. Um, Tua made sense. I think we all kind of knew it. Um, some people were saying it was a Herbert. I even did some some funny mocks based on some of the intelligence was coming out. But Lee was adamant day one, it's Tua. He's got a lot better sources than we do. He was adamant it was going to be Tua. He was not even remotely shocked or phased at anything that came out um, that made him change. So, you know, credit to him. He clearly knows the right people. Um, but um, I really like uh, the fact that we had Austin Jackson, I think, was amazing, by the way. I, I like he, he wanted Josh Jones so badly. And I was like, Josh Jones is just not... He's not a first-round talent. I'm so glad the NFL doesn't think he's a first-round talent because I, I'm i not an amazing talent evaluator, but there was just nothing I saw of Josh Jones that made me believe he was a first-round player. And I, was, and I was going mad. I was like, I don't understand. I just don't understand this. I don't understand why people are saying this guy is a first-round pick because I don't see it. I don't see I don't think he's that good. So the fact he went in the third round, uh, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Austin Jackson was my fifth uh, tackle on the board so glad that he went fifth um yeah i, I like it what i did i um, really like jason strobridge in round five i thought he was brilliant question taking a long snapper they punted safety a little too long for me they had no we talked about this on the pod with ben isaacs um i think they waited a bit too long i think there were some good players they could have taken and, and didn't and i think they got caught out and i think that is still going to be an area i still think they need to improve that that corner, that that safety position, corner they set safety. I think they probably need um, a versatile player in there. Um, I still think they've they've got gaps, but I think they're going to be a fun team to watch this year. I, I gave them an A. Oh, big praise indeed. I think it was quite telling for fantasy that they didn't draft the wide receiver. It seems that they're pretty set with the guys they've got on board. Yeah, I, I don't think this was. I mean, it was interesting, right? People say, "Oh, this was this was the draft for it," and I'm a bit like, "Yeah, I, I can see that." But I think you just had so many other needs. They have some good wide receivers. They have some good receiving talent. People are sitting there sleeping. Adam Hearns is decent. Um, Devonta Parker finally broke out. They still got Albert Wilson, who's been injured. I, you know, I think he's a, he's a special player. Preston you got Williams. A few. Preston Williams is still there. You know, you've now got pass catching running backs, which they didn't have last year, other than Patrick Laird, and he can line up in, in the slot if you need him to. Yeah. I think they have enough players there that. I can I can understand why they might choose to invest in that position heavily in the next draft. Yeah, yeah. I just think I was because I noticed that when I was doing my rankings today. That I'm doing before the season. I finally got into my projection and rankings, and I, I was looking through the Dolphins' wide receiver, and I thought, "There's no one new. Like, there's no rookies here. They're, they're they're obviously fairly comfortable with what they've got. So that's good for fantasy if you're drafting now because you know." what they had last year is pretty much going to be what they had this year. 
or have this year because they're comfortable with their guys. So, yeah, every, there's, there's lots of drafts going on at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, so there I, is. I, was, I was hoping draft season wouldn't quite be as long as last year because it was basically draft till day one of football. And lo and behold, I think but there might be a barren patch at the end of the season, end of off season, because everyone's drafting now. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a lot of rookie drafts going on. People are excited as lockdown. It, it makes sense. Um, I guess let's let's move on to to Tampa. Um, okay. I thought this was a, a good draft. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be remembered as an iconic draft for Tampa. I don't think you're going to look at this and go, "Wow, they picked a, a load of Hall of Fame players." Um, having said that, I I I can't really fault what they did even though it cost them a little bit to do it. I mean, they had to get Tristan Wirfs. For me, he was the the best tackle on the board. I'm not saying he was the safest. Andrew Thomas was the safest. Tristan Wirfs was my favorite tackle coming into this whole process. Um, I appreciate he's got some stuff to work on, but I felt he was um, a very good bet. The fact that he can play left tackle and right tackle was exciting. Um the fact that he was the last of the big four to come off the board was a surprise. And I think Tampa had to make the move up. It, it sounded like the Dolphins were trying to move up for Wurfs and the 49ers liked the fact they only had to go back one spot and were picking up a fourth round pick for him. Yep. Um, Tampa had obviously given up a fourth for Gronkowski. That was 139. They gave up the, their original fourth round pick to, to move up the one spot. That seemed to get a lot of stick, but considering that was the biggest need on on the team. And and we talked about this last year when, when the Bucks took Devin White. When you shoehorn yourself into you have one big glaring need, people are going to punish you for it. And last year, it didn't matter so much because the Bucks were picking up five and no one in the first four was taking Devin White. So it was, it was a lock from January that the Bucks were taking Devon White at five. It was just it was never going to be anyone else. <laughs> this time round, there were four players, but it was only four players. When you pigeonhole yourself and you telegraph, and that's effectively what the Buccaneers did, saying we need an offensive tackle, people are going to make you pay for that pick, and that and that's what happened. That's that's the one thing I'd criticise is that it would have been good to try and shuffle around and, and try and get people off what we really needed. But I guess you can, you can only do so much of that. Antoine uh, Winfield Jr. You know, he's got bloodlines. His dad played in the league, very versatile player. I, I mean, I like him. I, I think we got good value on him. He was mocked to be a first round player. Um, a little concerned. He's a bit of a, a jack of all traits and a master of none. And I think that's something he's going to have to learn, but, if he's going to learn off on, under anyone, Todd Bowles is the guy you're going to learn best from. Probably the best defensive backs coach in in the NFL. So um, I don't I don't have worries there. Obviously, um, Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be polarizing, but um, I love Keyshawn Vaughn. I, I so do I. I love Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't know how fantasy relevant he's going to be, and that's the 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 caveat here. I do have him quite high on my rookie board. I have him inside the first round of rookie drafts. And I think it's due to the opportunity, but I don't think he exclusively gets that backfield. Um, but having said that, I think he can win it because the one difference between him and Rojo is he can actually block and Rojo can't. Mm. So it's going to be harder to get a guy off the field if he can block because he's more likely to be on for three downs because you'll help with the RPO, you'll help in the protection. 
he he could eventually succeed in taking the whole backfield, yeah. but he's got to earn it. But I don't see that happening straight away. I but think as well when do. you've got Tom Brady under center, it isn't. It's not as if Jameis is there, and and what you're earning is just Bruce Arians' trust. If if he can earn Tom Brady's trust, and Tom Brady turns around to Bruce and says, "Look, this guy's better than Rojo. We need to keep him in more." you listen to Tom Brady, whereas you might not necessarily have listened to James Winston, whereas Tom Brady and Arians can, can make a joint decision, whereas before it was Arians and, and that was it. And he can, he can play the, the James White role. And that's, you know, you can plug and play him into that. Um, Tyler Johnson wasn't the receiver I would have taken. I would have taken um, Prochet. I really wanted Gandy Golden, but he went a few picks before uh, to Washington. But I do like, the more I see Tyler Johnson, the more I like him. He's not the quickest prospect I've ever seen, but Arians loved him. Arians was desperate to, to get him. Um, and then Raymond Calais. Raymond Calais could be a, a really fun special teams player. I mean, he's, he's a bit small, but he is rapid. I've watched his tape and he is rapid. <laughs> like he's, he, for a running back, he is quick. I mean, do not be surprised if he even starts playing a, a role in this backfield. Because, I mean, he's very one-dimensional. But if he breaks, if he breaks through the line, he's gone. See you later. You, you're not catching him. <laughs> I mean, unless Tyreek Hill is playing defense, he, he is he's quick. So I liked what they did. I, I gave it a B plus. So the only reason I didn't give it an A is I think you got everything you needed. I would have liked to have seen the running back. I would have liked to have gone for a Dobbins personally, but I understand the need for for Winfield Jr. And I think the whole draft kind of hinges on him. Not worse. Like, I think worse would be fine. An offensive tackle is they either are above average or below average. Mm-hmm. He'll be above average. You, you don't need to be the best offensive tackle. You just need to be above average. Um, it all depends on me, on, on Winfield Jr. If he becomes a Pro Bowl talent, this, this draft is brilliant. If, it, if he doesn't, then it's a bit of a failure. Because yeah. you've yeah. given up a J.K. Dobbins for him. Oh, no one likes to see that. No one likes to see that. Um, oh, yeah. Your safeties are all really young as well, aren't they? Yeah, that's why I wasn't overly keen on drafting one because I wanted us to get one in, in free agency. I love Von Bell, for example. Yeah. Um, I just think the whole DB room is very young. They're all people in the last two or three years that have been drafted. But then you, you see if they are good draft picks. You saw it up at um, Seattle and then the Vikings when they had their, their back five. And if you can get a young draft class a couple of draft classes together to build a solid secondary, then you're set for years, right? Potentially um, you can, but there's been an overinvestment because effectively Arians and Bowles came in. So you had the, the last draft of Dirk Cutter, which involved a lot of DBs and effectively they were all cast away with the exception of, um, oh. oh my God, his name just completely escapes me. <laughs> Carlton Davis. Um, so Carlton Davis is the only one really who's kind of made any kind of saving grace out of that but all the ones that Arians and they basically came in and redrafted the whole room again because they didn't like what they had um, I mean that, that that's a pretty telling and a pretty damning statement I didn't like what they had they decided to redraft the whole room and spend all those picks last year on it and then they spend another high value pick it's always a second round pick they always go DB in the second round I've done for the last I don't know, four, five, six years has been a lot. It's a lot of a lot of capital. Right. We spent too much time on Tampa. That's a shock. <laughs> that's can we can we get to the elephant in the room, please, and talk about the Packers draft? Oh, 
Well, okay. I was going to say we'll go Cincy just so we get Joe Burrow out of the way. No, no, no. We'll, we'll do Cincy after. I just I can't hold back anymore about, about the, the Packers draft. <laughs> okay, because go on, then. I, I'm going to go as far to say that this is single-handedly the worst draft I've ever seen of all time, ever. Okay. They, they would have done better had they not picked anyone. I know that sounds absolutely ludicrous, but at least then they've had the excuse that they didn't have any picks. It's the worst draft I've ever seen. Why? Because it makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. And I mean none. They moved up to get a backup quarterback when Aaron Rodgers still has three years on his deal that you cannot get away from. He's actually got four years on his deal, but he's, the first three years, you cannot get away from it. They're like 40 million, 30 million, like 25 million dead money. So you're going anywhere for three years. Like, what's the... And you traded up to get the guy. And he's the worst quarterback in this class. <laughs> That's what makes me laugh. I don't understand why they've done it. Like, I don't understand the pick. But more importantly, for Jordan Love, who I honestly do not... I do not think he is an NFL quality... And I appreciate I'm not an expert talent evaluator. And <laughs> Packers fans are absolutely hating me for this. And, I, and that's fine. I, I take it on the chin. Jordan Love is not... Not he's not the answer. To, he's not the success to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, just get this. Listen, if you take an Andy Dalton, I would have respected that move more. If you traded your first round pick for Andy Dalton undergum, yeah, you know Aaron Rodgers gets injured. You're trying to win a title. I don't like it, but at least I could have swallowed it. Going, at least you got a player who can walk in and do something. But I mean, and then and then to follow that pickup, which is as bad as any pick I've ever seen. And they followed that up with AJ Dillon in the second round, who I love AJ Dillon, by the way, what a player he is. Too bad, not going to see him, at least in any real defined role. We, we might see him in 33.3% of Green Bay snaps. I, I tell you what, like you, you got Jamal Williams and you got, uh, and you got Aaron Jones. You got two good, very good running backs. And it's not like there weren't any on free agency you could have picked up. Well, do you know what? I want a third guy. You could have gone and signed Jordan Howard for like next to nothing. Or Devontae Freeman still on the market. He's still out there. I mean, there's so many players you could have gone and got. And instead you go and spend draft capital on AJ didn't in the second round. If they could have got a fourth round running back, I wouldn't have cared. They could have traded their fourth pick for Matt Breda. <laughs> fifth. Fifth. They traded a fifth round pick for Matt Breda. Like, it's just, oh, it's just it, that, that pick annoyed me. And then they go tight end. They go Josh Dugara. Yeah. I, who not even, also, he's not even a good, not good tight end. Of, never heard of him. I've done quite a lot of scouting for the uh, for the rookie series I've done and never heard of him. Literally never I mean, heard of him. I don't understand how Hunter Bryant doesn't get drafted, but Josh Dugara goes in the third round. I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Those third round tight ends is single handedly the weirdest the Patriots took two that I just didn't get. I just was like, what oh, I, are don't you hurt, doing? I don't hate Devin Asiasi. I don't hate that either, but I also don't love it. And Dalton Keenum, he's more of a blocker. Like he's just an extension of the line. But in a team that needed zero wide <laughs> the team that needed wide receivers, uh interior defensive line. They just went, we don't know, nah, don't worry about that. I mean, they gave up so many yards before contact in the NFC title game. I think Pat McAfee was saying on his show, it's 186 yards before contact in the NFC title game. And they thought, nah, don't worry about stopping the run. It's fine. If it happens again next year, we'll just deal with it. <laughs> I just don't get the logic. You've just decided to throw away all of your picks and you've not addressed a single need. 
Like, so you, their wide receiver core next year is Devonta Adams, excellent, great player, like can't knock it. Uh, Alan Lazard, okay, <laughs> sure, and Devin Funches. How dare you? What a wide receiver, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Oh yeah, he's your four. Yeah, because he, he did and, such a great and, job last year. And Equinemius St. Brown. Is he still there? I thought he got cut. No, no, currently no. still there. But Oh, well, he's, he's still on the roster. Brilliant. Marquez Valdez-Scantlin did help me be a Packers fan in Rich King to a bet last year, which I will eventually cash in at some point. So, Rich, don't forget, mate, you do still owe me for that bet. But, yeah, not a great wide receiver room. And then the tight end room is Jay Sternberger, who played exactly zero he got zero receptions in the regular season. I know he caught a touchdown, the postseason Packers fans, but he didn't get any single receptions in the regular season. And Josh Degara, and that's their tight end room. I mean, wow. Run, run, run. It's going to be boring. Absolutely boring to watch Packers fans. Don't be surprised if you go eight and eight this year. Oh, and by the way, Aaron Rodgers probably doesn't want to play for you anymore. <laughs> How do we make well this done. guy want to stay? Draft the worst players available. I mean, literally, just, uh, I don't really know. I, do you know no one's heard from Aaron Rodgers since? That's because he's still crying. <laughs> I mean, he's not crying, he's pissed. <laughs> I just, I'm telling you now, if I could have given it, a, if I could have given it a double F, I would have done. Like, it was that bad. A U, you should have stamped it with a big ugly Well, no, because that sounds like, you know, the, yeah, I mean, it was it just is. I don't understand in the deepest wide receiver class of all time, they don't take a wide receiver. Like, that just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel They just it. take a punt on one. It's not like they were bad. Like, James Prochet went in the sixth round. He's a good receiver. Yep. If they'd even taken him, I would have moved the grade up to a D. Hey, look, if, if you take one wide receiver. Take Eno Benjamin in the sixth, let alone the seventh. You know Raymond, I mean? Raymond Calais in the seventh round. If you've taken anyone like that, like, yeah. If All I was right. a Packers fan, I'd quit. I'd quit. I'd just, I'd just walk away. Just die. Nah, I'm done. I suppose that 36-year or 30-odd-year waiting list for a season to get a Lambo might be a few years less now. <laughs> right. Oh, Let's move on to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Murph. I want to talk about Joe Burrow, and I think the Bengals had a pretty good draft. I am an A minus. Loved their draft. Thought it was very good. Uh, don't forget they got Jonah Williams to come back mm-hmm. this year. So you know they they already have that uh, offensive lineman because um, I know the line wasn't good last year, but he got injured um, very early. Didn't they um, the year before they go offensive line and he was injured last year as well? Yeah, they just yeah. had terrible luck. Like Burrow, like Higgins, um, I felt they could have maybe short up the defensive line with that second round pick, but I can't really knock him going Higgins. I think he's a good player. Um, I wouldn't say it was a position to need because you've got AJ, um, AJ Green coming back, but may imagine you've got AJ Green, you've got uh, Tyler Boyd, you've got T Higgins, you've got John Ross, you've got, I mean, they're, they're stacked with weapons. Joe Burrow is not going to struggle. I mean, they could probably do with a slight upgrade at tight end, but um, he's got good running backs. He's got good catching backs. He's got good wide receivers. It's got a pretty decent offensive line on paper. We we yet to see how it transpires, but we assume it's going to be okay. They're not going to be a two-win team. Um, I really liked uh, Davis Gaither. Um, for me, I thought he was probably their best pick because of where they got him. For me, he was a uh, he was a potential day one, high day two kind of pick. To get him in the fourth round was just an absolute steal. Like they've robbed 
they've robbed people blind taking him that late. Ridiculous. Um, all in all, great draft. Um, I think for fantasy, I think they're exciting. I'd, I'd take shares in Burrow, um, the wide receiver class. I'd probably stay away from Green unless I got him late because I just injuries and all that. But I'd invest in Boyd. I'd invest in Higgins. I'd invest in Mixon. I'd invest. I think even Bernard is probably worth something late on in drafts. He's worth a flyer. Um, Ross, he showed flashes last year. I think getting that speed, going with Burrow's accuracy, I think could something that could really work. I mean, they got a lot of stuff. I, I think they're exciting this year. I, do I think they're a playoff team? No, but I do think they're a, a six-seven win team with upside. Yeah, I would like to see both offensive tackles in the last couple of years play the season. I would like it just to be a happy season for Cincinnati once this year. You know, they had bad luck with their offensive tackles. They then get the number one pick, take Joe Burrow, who is a leader, not necessarily the strongest arm, but he can lead the new Cincinnati Bengals. And I, yeah, like you, I really like what they've done. And I think it would just be nice, even if they go eight and eight or, you know, six and 10 or whatever, just, just to see them have a nice season. I would also like them to buy uh, Zach Taylor a new desk because that he needs to get rid of that that little IKEA twelve pound <laughs> desk that he's got. Um, I I was offended for him. Like I don't understand. Maybe he's on a win bonus, and because he only won two games last year, he didn't get it. I don't, I don't know how it works uh, in the NFL. Someone can at me and tell me like how how he ends up making some more money so he can buy a desk or maybe one of the one of the players donates one to him i don't know maybe a gofundme can be started by bengals fans i I don't care just get the guy a desk (laughs) (laughs) okay coming then let's talk about the arizona cardinals i think they had a pretty good draft and i gave them an a uh cardinals yeah i mean for me the only reason i can't give it an a and I understand why they took Simmons, and I don't. I think it's very hard to pass up a player of that quality. Yeah. But to not take an, an offensive lineman in the first round, I think was, I think it's a mistake. I, I I'm glad they did it, um, from a Tampa perspective. But I I just think that's a mistake. You've invested so much in Murray. You you've effectively taken a first round pick in Rosen. You've binned him. You've taken another first round pick, first overall in Murray. You've traded for. Hopkins, you've trade, you've put Ke- uh, Kenyon Drake on the franchise tag. He's getting paid an absolute fortune this year for a running back. Um, you trade away David Johnson, whether his career's finished or not, he was still an investment. Um, I just think offensive line was important, and this was the class to get one, and they didn't. And I get it. Simmons is a is a real playmaker, but they, I hope they know what they're going to do with him because he. He, don't get me wrong, he's better than Winfield Jr. as a player. But again, he's a jack of all traits. I'm not sure he's a master of none. I'm not sure he's mastered any of them, to be honest. I'm not sure he's he's the best linebacker I've ever seen or the best safety I've ever seen. He can just play a lot of positions and he can play them quite well. But I think they need to work out how they're, they're going to go with that. I do think getting Jones, I know they, they ended up taking one great value to get him in the third round i'm really not sure on him i would have rather you get the safety but okay fair enough um you know benjamin we talked about he's someone that could break through i don't think this year but maybe next year i think he's third on that depth chart uh lecky photo i think he's a good player richard lawrence i think in is a good player i mean i they did really well i like their draft they just the only reason I can't give him an A is I just don't I don't trust Josh Jones to be a good player. 
All right. Maybe That's I'm fine. just being harsh, but well, I don't. I don't think people are saying he's an absolute steal in the third round. I mean, I think he's a third round player. Got to be cruel to be kind, right? Absolutely. But I liked everything else, and I like Simmons. I think he's a good player. Okay. How about the Carolina Panthers? Um, well, we we can do the fantasy portion first, which is they are as they are. Other than the fact they got Teddy, um, they are the first team uh, in 15 years to take all defensive players with their picks. Um, I didn't know, I actually, didn't... I think they're the first team ever. I think they're the first team ever with all seven picks to take defensive players. Talk about rebuild that side of the ball. <laughs> I mean, Derek Brown, can't miss with him. Nope. Uh, yes, Chris Matos. I mean, I, I, I like the pick where they took him. I don't think he was a first-round player, but he's a second-round player. Um, I think he could be good. Uh, Jeremy Chin, I love. I think he, he is such an underrated safety. I think he is he is quality. I really like Jeremy Chin. Um, I gave him a B plus only because I think they, I, I like what they did. I I don't know how much it moves the needle this year. Yeah. Okay. And they 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 did well in in getting a a cornerback as well to replace James Bradbury. Stanley Thomas Oliver, I think, is not a and uh, Troy Pride Jr. as well, two cornerbacks. So yeah, four. Fourth and fifth round, or fourth and sixth round um, on them. I think fourth and sixth. Yeah, yeah. fourth and sixth round. So you know, potentially could could work out. Um, The the way you got to think of it, 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 sixth round player for them to make the roster, they need a few things to go for them. They might do it just on the the sheer numbers. Um, If you're hoping your sixth round corner is going to be a star, it's probably not the tactic that'd go down. I still think they probably (laughs) need to add a corner. but they listen. They they were what they was the worst offense in franchise history, uh, worst defense in franchise history. So they've got a long way to fixing it in what is a very difficult uh, division. I think they've accepted that they're potentially going to come last in the NFC South. And I think if they're going into this draft thinking we need two drafts to fix this team, we'll spend all of it. And I don't think they went in deliberately planning to take defensive players. I think they, they just the way their board fell. Mm. I think they just like some of these guys and took them. Um, I think that's purely how it worked. I mean. You can't not take Derek Brown. That makes sense. Yet Grush Masters, almost the same. Um, Jeremy Tim, absolutely, you have to take him in the third round. Like, it, I think it just worked out the, the way it did. Um, do you think it they was, can see what they've got on the fence and see what they do next year? Do you think it was slightly part of their plan as well? And the fact that Teddy's more of a, you know, he's got the, I think he's got the lowest A dot in the league and he's a game manager. Do you think they're going to try and do a bit more on defense and, and manage the offense a bit more? just to the fact last year was an absolute sieve on the defensive side of the ball. Potentially, but I think there's two, there's two things you need to consider. First of all, Teddy Bridgewater, everyone talks about how, you know, he's a bit of a game manager and everything. I mean, that's all good and dandy. The guy's got a, a, a list of injuries as, as long as my arm. Um, and the fact that I, for me, would have liked him to have gone in the direction of maybe looking at a backup quarterback. I, when you get Jake Farm in the fifth round, I don't understand why you're you're not making that move if you're, if you're Carolina, because you, your quarterback's on your roster. I know you took one last year in Will Greer. I don't think anyone sold on Will Greer. Um, you know, they let Carl Allen go. Um, I couldn't even tell you who their third QB is. So your QB's on your roster are Teddy, who is brittle. Um, <laughs> no one likes a brittle Teddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Will Greer. Maybe they go experience route. Maybe they find someone they can they can they can get on board with. I don't maybe, know. Yeah. Maybe they still got Tyler Henneke? If he's there, then fair. I, uh, I just don't know. I, I think I think you could have cut your losses with Will Greer and, and drafted another one. But 
fine. I mean, it was a good draft. I, I gave it a, a, a B, B plus, I think, something like that. Okay, fair enough. Where do you want to go next? Can I suggest the New York Giants because they're in front of me on my list? Fine, let's do the Giants. How do you think they did? I thought the Giants did fine. I mean, it was it was fine. It was not bad. That was the um, blandest fine you could have ever said in the history of Five Yard yeah, Rush. Because that that's kind of what their draft was. The, it was kind of it was very safe. It was there was no risk, absolutely no risk in this draft. They took Andrew Thomas, um, who I think shocked everyone by being the first tackle off the board. I think he's a very good tackle. I think he's the safest tackle in in this class. I don't think he's going to end up the best one, but I don't think he's going to fail. So I guess by the rules of averages, that's that's fine. That kind of makes um, a, a lot of sense. Um, I think they invested quite heavily in, in the offensive line. Um, you know, they got an excellent safety uh, in round two. I thought that was probably their, their best pick. Yep. Um, taking McKinney, I can't believe he fell out of the first round personally. That made no sense to me that nobody picked him up. But, you know, well done the Giants on making probably one of the easiest draft selections you'll you'll have in this draft. Um you know, stocked with some more O linemen. I mean it's hard it's hard to grade a team that just drafts drafts pretty well with just pretty effective players, but none of them really in the skill positions. So it's it's hard to give them it's hard to be overly excited about it. Um because there isn't there's not exciting like it's it's offensive linemen, it's it's safety. I mean, they're, they're nice players. They're very, very important pieces, but it's hard to get like really excited. Like as a fan, you're not going to run out and go buy an Andrew Thomas jersey or a Xavier McKinney jersey. No, it's not going to sell you. It's not going to sell you your season tickets. But they're what you need, and I can't knock the Giants for that. I think I gave them a, a B plus, and I think it's it's a perfectly good draft. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, the fact that Gettleman didn't mess it up was the biggest shock of all to me. <laughs> <laughs> he went very, very safe because I, I put in my mocks. So there's no way he's going offensive lineman in the first round because he just doesn't sell shirts. But he did, and fair play to him. Like he, he was very sensible, very pragmatic. It was just a very sensible draft, and that's that's fine. Like that's good. I, I, I it's high praise for it to be bland. It just means it was good. Yeah, no, I, I can get on board with that. That's that's fine by me. I, I quite like uh, Lemieux as well. I think Shane Lemieux, yeah, good player. Yeah, um, and they got a few. They got a few um, athletes in Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin. I think they're they're players who could they could be quite interesting on the defense um, if they make the team. But they they, they show very interesting traits. Um, they are defensive freaks and athletic freaks, so they could be good. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Um, Murph, I don't know if you're aware, mate, but that's 10 teams and then we're knocking on the hour door. So I, th- I think this is probably going to turn into a three-pod series for you. Well, I think let's, let's, let's knock a few out. Let's try and get it to two. We've still got 10 minutes or so, 10 okay. minutes. So let's, let's go with some... Let's knock out six teams. Go on. All right, well, let me go to the bottom of my list where they're graded worse, I guess. Okay, how about the Raiders? How do you think they did? I actually thought... The, I don't know why you've got them so low. I quite like the Raiders draft. I I didn't like it at all. I think. What didn't you like about it? I don't know why they took rugs. I, in fact, I know why they took rugs because. I know exactly why they took rugs. It was a great pick for them. I don't like rugs, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, for them. But I think. I don't know. I just there's something about it that doesn't that I don't like. I just 
I think they tried to be like try to get too many explosive players. They got rugs great, fits fine. But then you go and get Lynn Bowden. Like, where's he going to play? Is he going to be a running back? Is he going to be a wide receiver? Who knows? They selected him as a running back. Yeah, but it's sort of a gadget back. And then, uh, I don't know. I just <sighs> what, what you've said to Derek Carr there is you've turned around to Derek Carr and said, this is you, pal. There's no more excuses. You're either the franchise quarterback or you're not. We're going to give you everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever needed. And he's had an excuse every year. Every year since Gruden's been there, he's had an excuse. I've not had a number one receiver. When you traded Antonio Brown, he didn't work out, he left before the season started. And we didn't have time to get a number one. There's always an excuse. They don't have one now. You've got Josh Jacobs, one of the best running backs in the league, at least top 12, 15. Fair. He's a top half running back. Oh, he's definitely, I'd say he's inside top 10. Yeah, I do. I think on volume, Very, alone, he's, he's definitely top 10. Pretty decent offensive line. You can't really argue that they haven't invested there and haven't made good picks there. You've now given him three new wide receivers. You've got three new toys there. You've got Ruggs. You've got Edwards. I know Edwards has got injury concerns. We had um, Ethan on and talked about that. But on tape, he looks good. If he's fit, I don't think anyone will question he's he's a good talent. No, and and Ethan also said that Brian Edwards' injuries are probably one of the ones to be least concerned about. So, and and, and not only that, Brian Edwards, he's they're all going to be apart from Ruggs, who's probably going to see the field a lot. You've got Tyrell Williams there, who they've signed to a massive deal. You've got Hunter Renfro, who showed up at the end of last season, who obviously you've got Derek, Jones. Exactly, you've, got, you've got Darren Waller. You've got Foster Maru. You've got loads of players. Yeah. Like, they're stacked on offense, and I, I totally understand the investment in offense because their defense wasn't bad last year. I actually like um, Amick Robertson. I thought he was brilliant. I, I think it's a great pick in the fourth round at, at quarterback. I think he's he's an exciting player. For me, he was kind of the under-the-radar cornerback I would choose if you needed to get one in the third, fourth round. And I think he was probably one of my favourite picks here. I really like that draft. I give him a minus. Okay. I just thought they were trying to match the Chiefs too much. and Yeah, but I think that's what you've got to do. They're the best team, so you've got to, you've got to go with them toe-to-toe, right? So I, I liked it. I know, I get that, but I also think that the players they picked weren't the best toe-to-toe fighters with the Chiefs. But we can, we can talk about that on uh, Later on in the in the off season, but where do you want to go? Right, there's three teams. There's three teams that's rapid fire them pretty quickly: the Rams, okay. the Jets, and the Chiefs. Okay, go on. Then so we start, start with the Rams because they had the fewest amount uh, of picks, but I liked what they did. Van Jefferson, for me, one of the best route runners in the class. I think he's excellent. Um, talked about him a lot. Um, surprised he went as high as he did given the injuries, but um, hey, good for them to to um, to do that. Um, they took Joshua Kelly, who potentially could be. Um, sorry, they didn't take Joshua Kelly. I got the wrong running back there. They took um, Cam Akers. Cam Akers. They took <laughs> Joshua Kelly. Went to the Chargers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cam Akers, I think, is is a really exciting talent. I can totally understand why they fell in love with him and, and went there. Um, Terrell Lewis. I, I don't understand how he fell as far as he did. For me, he's a first round talent. Don't understand how he's gone as far as he has. I think it was a great pick. Bryson Hopkins was my favourite tight end in this whole class because you can play him almost like Cooper Cup and now he's going to get to play with Cooper Cup. So I think that's amazing. Um, I like their class. I, I really enjoyed what they did. Um, very few picks, but I think everyone was a, a solid pick. Even even Terrell Burgess as a defensive back, I thought was, was solid. I think 
they needed more picks. They haven't filled enough holes, but with the picks they had, I think they did really well. And then they took a kicker as well because Greg Deleg's gone, so they took Sam Sloman. Yeah, that's right. How about that? Yeah. Where's your next one? I've forgotten who you wanted to talk about. The Jets. Okay, go on then. Start me off. I was, I, I really loved what the Jets did. Um, <laughs> filled a lot of holes. Beckton. I mean, I'd have gone worse over Beckton, but I understand it. Beckton is a freak. He could be the best tackle in this class. Um, Denzel Mims. I love Denzel Mims. Um, I almost am a little sad that he's gone to play for Adam Gaze because <laughs> I actually really like him. <laughs> so, um, I liked Davis. I like um, Zeninga. I thought they're all brilliant. They're athletic. They're versatile. They're flexible. Um, Bryce Hall. I, yeah, think I loved can... that pick. Uh, fifth round. Thanks for coming. I mean, what a pick that is. I mean, uh, he's a great cornerback. Again, him and Robertson were the two that I was thinking, like, I can't believe they're still on the ball going into day three. Like, I'm mm. shocked. Um, I think I think that Joe Douglas absolutely killed this draft. I think he did brilliantly. For me, it was an A-minus draft. Um, I think the only thing that stopped it being any better was I mean, they took Perrine as well to cover Bell. I mean, I, I just think they, they filled all their holes. Um, it was need, 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 but they picked really good players at every position. They didn't yeah. just like, I didn't feel like they were settling. They were just getting starter quality with every single pick. They navigated that draft perfectly and it fell to them nicely. Tell me something, Murph. You're, you're a swamp dwelling Gator fan. Lamacool Perrine, is he good? Perrine is a, is the sort of player who, he's, he's, he's a player that just, he gets your head down and just, he runs. Great yards, uh, yards per carry in college. Um, he's a good ball, ball, good ball security. He can make headway. He he's just he's he's very north south, very good in the red zone, very good on the goal line. He's just not flashy. He, he's not the sort of guy you're going to watch and think. He, he, do you know what he almost reminds me of? Is the Garrett Blount in that kind of vein? But he can, but he can get a little bit further downfield. No, that's got- that's kind of. You've got me. He's just a pounder. Yeah, that's that's for me. But he's not as big, but he's a pounder. He just he will just run hard all day long. He's an honest, hard-working runner. You know, Frank Gore in his time. These guys aren't flashy, but they last. I don't know why, but they do. They they go a long time in the league, and I, that I I see him being that sort of guy. He's never going to be a star. He's never going to be the guy that is going to be like. You know, box office, but he'll get to the end of his career. He'd have played like ten or twelve years, and he would have amassed a huge amount of yards. He'd be in the top twenty all time. If all that happened, I wouldn't even be shocked. I think that that's the kind of guy he is. He just he just tick boxes all day long. He'll do everything you need him to do. He's a good teammate. He, he's not exciting, but he's exciting because he can he can do it. Okay, I like it. Let's tick the Chiefs off, and then we'll do two more very quick ones, and then we'll leave it there. Um, Chiefs, I thought they had a really good draft. I, I like uh, CEH. I thought that was a good pick. Um, Lucas Niang, thought was a bargain. I really yeah, like him as a tackle steal. for me. He, he was the second round and second round tackle for me. Uh, Willie Gay Jr., absolute freak. I think he could be great. Um, I, I just like what they did. Um, that's just like I just it was fine. I it, again, they probably need a few more picks. They traded a few, um, but again, I gave them an A minus. I, I just said they they got better, which I think is weird considering they were how good they are already. <laughs> but they got they got better. Um, and if you can say at the end of your draft, the team got better, you had an okay draft. 
Yeah. Or good draft. Fair enough. Who do you want to do next? I've got the Detroit Lions in front of me. Uh, let's do the Lions then. Okay. I hope you keep know what we've done. <laughs> uh, no, but we could, uh, uh, we'll work it out. <laughs> Fine. We'll do two more quickly. Do the Lions one more and then we'll, we'll, we'll call it a day. Excellent news. So Jeff Okuda. Yeah. It, it, the thing with Jeff Okuda was I was absolutely sure the Lions were going to trade back and then it came to virtual draft night. Nothing happens and the Lions selected Jeff Okuda and it was a bit like, oh. Obviously, blue chip player, absolutely unreal corner, but it was just a bit of a damp squib the moment they drafted him. I think, I think from that moment, that set the entire tone of their draft. It was boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was, like the, it was like the Giants. This isn't a dig. It's boring because it kind of was like, yeah, you, you pick good players. <laughs> it, it, you didn't pick any... I mean, Swift is the only one here that you'd look at and go, that's a box office kind of... Uh, headlight star sell jerseys Akuda because of the position isn't going to do that but he's an unbelievable player um, I probably would have liked to have seen him trade back to get the value but I, I totally get taking Akuda so fine um, Swift again good pick can't really knock it probably one of the best two runners and you, you know you can't trust carry on to be fit so that that makes sense you're saying goodbye to him basically um, Okara, Jackson, Stenberg, Cephas. I mean, you've just added a lot of interior line players who are good. Cephas, wide receiver. I mean, he ran a poor 40. I don't think he's that slow. I think he's quite quick. Um, it was just... They, they, they picked they picked solid, solid players that will move them from picking third in the draft to 12th in the draft. Okay. And I don't think it's enough to save the coach and the GM. And I think that's why it's boring because they, they pick perfectly good players. They haven't done anything wrong, but they haven't moved the needle. They didn't take a risk. And I think when you're picking in the bottom three of the draft or the top three, sorry, you, you're there for a reason. Your team, your team stinks. <laughs> or you had a lot of injuries like the 49ers. The 49ers had a lot of injuries, but the Lions are picking there because their team stinks. Yeah. And they filled some holes and great. And they filled them with very good players, but not outstanding players. They just pick good players, and that's why they're not going to move the needle. Like the Lions will go from three wins to seven wins, maybe six, six seven wins. That'd be where you would expect them to be. But I don't see them ever progressing from that without another draft or another draft. And and that's where Bob Quinn is not going to win any GM of the Year awards because at least if you traded back from three, you'd have got yourself more players. Yeah, you'd have filled more needs. You would have, you know. They still didn't address quarterback properly, which I think they needed to. They need, for me, another. They need. I mean, I know they took Cephas. I think they needed a better quality wide receiver. I yeah. think they needed a proper two. Marvin Jones is at the end of his career. He's got one year left, maybe. Yeah. Cephas is not, is not going to be good enough to be. He's a good player. I like him, but he's not. A, he's not a two. No. Uh, I don't know. I just. I, it was a good draft. It was. A, it was a. It was a B draft. It was fine. But he's not going to turn him into a contender. Fair enough. Right then, where do you want to go with the last one? Who do you want to finish on? Uh, Fine, whoever like, you want. No, somewhere in the middle. I would suggest not uh, in the middle. Go on then. Go, oh, I was just going to say one. go high. Oh, let's say Buffalo Bills. Then I think they had a good draft. Yeah, I like I like the Bills draft. I thought the Bills draft was. Um, I thought the Bills draft was good. Um, I like the fact. I mean, it's hard because they took Stefan Diggs, right? So they gave away a lot of their picks. Um, yeah, but the picks they still I, made, I think, 
adding AJ Epinesa to that already tenacious Bills D is a pretty good move on defensive end. I liked, you know, when we had uh, Jason on from the Ballers, he, he wasn't high on Zach Moss, but I think adding Zach Moss to Devin Singletree is a good move. Devin Singletree obviously doesn't handle the full workload. We saw that with Frank Gore last year, but to add Zach Moss, he's, he's an upgrade on, on uh, sorry, Frank Gore because, let's be honest, Frank Gore was aging. And then Gabriel Davis, I ranked him quite highly in my rookie rankings. And then Jake Fromm, I don't... What's, what's going on with Jake Fromm? I mean, is that just a, a backup to Josh Allen? Yeah, he, similar to the high character guy. I think he he's he is backup, but he will he'll do a good job. He he I think he he has starter qualities. It's just whether or not he'll ever realise that potential. Probably not the best landing spot for him, but I think he uh, he could work out. I mean, I love AJ Vanessa. For me, he was probably one of the best edges in this to to get him. Um, you know, Gabriel Davis that you said massive downfield target. You just adding more more strength, more quality to that. I think all in all, they had a a good, a good draft. I, I I like what they did. I gave him a B. Fair, fair. I don't know how many teams that was. We'll count up. We'll do another one. <laughs> I think that was sixteen. Okay. Okay. I, you know, I think you might be right, big dog. I think you might be right. But if it was fifteen, then we'll just do seventeen next time. Whatever. We're fluid. We're like water. Absolutely. Keeping that, keeping that train moving. Right, Rush Nation. Murph and I are going to get back to writing and covering all the bases that we've got ourselves covering at the moment. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Murph, you stay safe over the weekend, mate. Don't go out to the parks or the beaches. Not that you will, but that goes for you as well, Rush Nation. Cannot wait for Tuesday. Thanks, buddy. And looking forward to Tuesday's show, Murph. It's going to be an absolute banger. But, Rush Nation, until next week, don't forget, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.